Returning to Tradition is a production of Weather Media. The views expressed in this podcast are those speaking the podcast world and make every effort to present truthful understanding. What we discuss, the podcast not necessarily represents the views of the Diocese of Columbus or Pacific College Josephine. Enjoy today's show and please follow the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Returning to Tradition. My name is Chris Dixon, your best host. And my name is Emma Singletary, the host who's actually leading this episode. So we'll let you guys decide who the best is there, you know? Yeah, today we're talking about the conversion of St. Paul because today, that is January 25th, is the feast of the conversion of St. Paul. So um, if you're listening on the day, I guess it works. But if not, then uh, save this information for next January 25th. Stop listening now and come back to this in a year. No, but... Um, <laughs> or listen to it now and next year. You know, there you go. Even always better. some good information. Oh. No, this is exciting because I didn't really know this was a feast day and it's kind of fun. Yeah. Kind of fun. So kind of cool. What, what do you have to share with the class today? So St. Paul. Okay. So here's the deal, guys. Chris was like, Emma, you're going to lead this podcast. And I said, cool. And I did research about two hours ago before my first online class because it's snowing right now. And as I'm getting research and I was like, honestly, I can do all the preparation in the world. Chris is still going to have his own thing in mind to share. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to stress about this too much. So I kind of did some stuff that I think is really cool that I don't think Chris would have thought about. So that's what we're going to get into. Well, that's why so, you're leading the episode is because Chris it, didn't want to think about anything. So, you know. What can I say? I just think more than Chris. That's on tape right now. Um, but so we're going to get started about like we're talking about the conversion of Paul, St. Paul. And as everyone knows, like that conversion was signified with like a change in name, like replacing his identity into Christ from Saul to Paul. So I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? Let's let's get to the root of what these names mean. Um, so fun fact, Paul or Saul, his OG name, um, is like the Hebrew word for Saul was Shaul, <laughs> which I'm pronouncing so wrong, which means like fox, which I was like, yeah, that's cool, but, like, has nothing to do with, like, you know, his story. So I was like, let's look a little bit deeper. And so fun part about Paul is he literally was, like, the most diverse human being. He was Jewish, Roman, but also spoke Greek. So, like, there's a lot of mix in him. So his name gets a lot of mixes, you know? So we go from Saul... And, like, his name, his Jewish name is Saul because he, like, was Jewish. And so that name in um, late Latin, Saul, from the Greek, Saul, is from the Hebrew, Shaul, which is, it means, like, asked for or, like, from God, um, which is really interesting because, like, to have a name called, that means in Hebrew, like from God and then like to be prosecuting the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, like for so long, like, oof, that's, that's rough. But 
Then if we go into a little bit more of a detailed thing, that, that Jewish name of Saul is another Hebrew translation is Sheol, which originally means to be desired. Um, and I was like, that's cool, but not that cool. And so something I've been really into is finding words in the Bible, finding the Jewish word, or not the Jewish, the Hebrew word for it. And then the cool thing about Hebrew is that each one of the characters means something. So like all together it means something, but then if you take the three characters that make up the name of Sheol, which I'm pronouncing all of this wrong, just like take this all with a grain of salt, guys, um, which means Saul, if you take apart the letters um, into the Hebrew characters, it actually means, loosely translated, the fire of God will be taught. Um, which was the answer that I was looking for. I just kept looking until I got to something that was cool. And I was like, how cool is that? This name literally means like the fire of God will be taught, which is like the Holy Spirit will be shared, which is exactly what Paul's mission was when he went on his crazy excursions to share the gospel. Arguably like one of the most like traversed of the apostles. Like he went so many places, which we'll get into later. But I just, like, thought that was really cool. And if you followed any of that, I really applaud you because the line of reasoning was very flawed. I used, like, five different websites. That's why I say very loosely translated to the fire of God will be taught because there's a there's a possibility that it means nothing to do with that. But part of the YouTube video that I watched in relation to another video that I watched means that. So, like... That is, uh... That sounds like... You did uh, some sort of research. I'm not sure if it's quality research, but, um, <laughs> but you know, thought was there. you learned something and you got some insight about Paul. So I'll count that as a win, I guess, you know, um, <laughs> Emma, you got slightly educated today. Yeah, so. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess we can't complain about that. And um, yeah, I mean, Paul was like the guy who went after Christians. Um, yeah. Like. Well, and something that made him so unique for that role was how diverse he was. Like, the fact that he was Jewish by, like, ethnicity, I guess, but then, like, Roman in that he was, like, born there and worked for the Romans for half his life and whatever. But then he also spoke Greek, which, like, this all, like, means that he is, like, was the man who was, like, built to reach thousands you know like his ability to connect well because like when you think about like the populations that he talked to like we'll get into like the map of all the different journeys of saint paul but like he was going to completely different communities and like what's so important to understand like the impact that he had was like to understand that all, all these communities were very different but were also very prideful and that like they thought that their community was the best so, like, for him to be able to connect with people from Greece and also people from Rome and around Italy to then also the people, like, around the, oh, my gosh, what is it, the Aegean Sea or whatever, however you want to, Macedonia, that's easier to say. But, like, all these people, to the, all the way to the Asian Minor, like, all these things, all po man popped around the Mediterranean Sea like no other. And it was just, like... His ability to connect and relate to all these different populations is just, like, actually insane. And it all has to do, like, from how he was upraised, like, before he even had a conversion, which is insane. You know, God can use anything. So, 
Yeah, but kind of cool. Uh, do you know who the first martyr of the church is? Out of curiosity, Emma. Ooh, I mean, it's not Paul, right? No, it's definitely not because he died significantly later. Mm, I mean, can we say it's John the Baptist? Because technically, he died even like before Jesus, for Jesus. The the first uh, the the guy who is given the title first martyr. So not John the Baptist, even though he died. It's not an apostle. It's not an apostle. Yeah. Is it correct. Saint? It's not Stephen, is it? No. What did you just say? Is it Stephen? It is Stephen. Stephen? Oh my gosh! And uh, and he. There's some people who suggest that Paul himself was the person who put Stephen to death. Um, oh wow! Yeah. So that's insane. Yeah, that's just crazy to me when when it came that time of the year on December 26th is Mm -hmm. uh, is Stephen's feast day. And when it came time to that, (laughs) just like, I don't know, reading how it was like Paul and Stephen were basically best friends because the only way that Paul ended up converting uh, to become Christian was through the intercession of St. Stephen once he got to heaven. Um, Oh, what a homie. Yeah, so it's like Paul martyred Stephen and sent him to heaven, and then Stephen converted Paul and... And got him to heaven. Got him to heaven, or something to that extent. So basically... That's insane. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, Well, you want to know something else that's pretty cool? Sure. 13 out of the 27 books in the New Testament are attributed to St. Paul. Yeah. Isn't that insane? I, well, that's uh, like the, the epistles the in the old rite of the Mass, it's almost always Paul because all the second readings are almost always Paul. Um, exactly. Even, even Hebrews used to be attributed to Paul because they're like, of course it's Paul because everything else is Paul. Because um, he was there, yeah. And... Yeah, Paul is uh, extremely helpful in the the scriptural understanding of what what we have of the early church is mostly based off of Paul's writings, and a lot of Paul's writings were actually written before the Gospels themselves. Yeah, well, and I also think it's just like, I mean, go these places, like okay, this sounds weird. Like go, like go, you guys. For the people in, like, Corinth and all these other places that saved his writings and were like, ooh, these are good. Like, like you cannot tell me that it was not the Holy Spirit that kept those safe. Because, like, I mean, those things traveled so far. And the fact that they were upheld and kept and then also, like, eventually brought all together to create the books that we have, like... Go Holy Spirit for keeping keeping the church together. But, yeah, it's kind of insane. Um, another fun fact, it's believed that St. Paul was also a tent maker um, as a way to make some, some cash, I guess, when he wasn't persecuting Christians and working for the Roman government and or preaching the gospel in foreign cities or in jail. He made tents on the side, so... 
Interesting. Kind of fun. Did not know that. Kind of cool. So yeah. uh, Paul um, converted at some point and became Christian, right? Yeah. So, like, let's talk about that since we're, like, talking about the conversion of St. Paul. Like, that's kind of cool. And, like, everyone knows the story. Like, he's on a road to go kill some more Christians. And then, like, this guy comes up to him. And then, like, it's actually God in the sun. And, you know, God talks to him. And he goes blind because, like, he can't behold the face of God. And then, like, then he gets his eyesight back. And then he's like, oh, my gosh, Jesus rocks. Yeah. Did he fall off a horse? There was, in fact, a horse involved in the in the process. Was there, though? So. Yes. I don't think there actually was a horse involved. What are you talking about? Yeah. He fell off his horse, I thought. That's what everybody says, but I've heard some people who have argued differently recently. So okay. maybe, maybe not. Also, arguably, doesn't matter. Right? Like, maybe, even if it, okay, even if he literally wasn't on a horse, the figurative idea of, like, he fell off his horse, like, you fell off your rocker, man, like, he was taken off from the path that he was set out to do and put on a path that God set him out to do. Yeah. So whether you believe it's a horse or not, he was knocked off something. He, he was knocked. Figuratively or He literally. was knocked to the ground. He may have not been knocked off something. Well, figuratively off something. Anyways. Um, what weird part of the internet are you reading these discussions and debates on? It's not a weird part of the internet. It just it doesn't <laughs> say he fell off a horse. It says or got knocked off his horse. It says he got knocked to the ground. And people are like, oh, well, a few sentences ago, he was traveling on a horse. So obviously he got knocked off his horse. <laughs> if A plus B equals C. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that he got knocked off his horse. He could have, you know, been walking alongside his horse for all we know. I mean. True. Anyways, True. that's a tangent. Um, what else do you want to share about Paul? Well, I think we should just talk about, you know, like why his... I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit with all his writings, but, like, why it was so important um, with everything he did. Um, and so let's talk about just, like, yeah, his insane conversion and, like, how – like, I literally was just talking to a uh, a monk. He's a father-brother. Um which is kind of cool. I love the double the double guys who just like become a brother and they're like, oh, I need to be a father or like are a father and like I need to become a brother. Like just kind of cool. But he is from the monastery at, for at St. Gregory's Abbey um, in Shawnee, Oklahoma, um, which I thought was shut down, but just the school is shut down. The monks still live there and had a fascinating conversation with him about that. Long story short, he was talking about um, how – He's actually a convert to the faith, and St. Paul's conversion was actually the day that some of his family started converting to the faith as well. So just kind of, like, cool to see, like, the power of that conversion still, like, affecting people today and bringing more people to Christ, even though that conversion happened thousands of years ago. Um, but another reason why it was just so insane was the journeys of St. Paul. Like, so... He went on four journeys. And when I tell you, like, this man had, like, it's like when you think about making a trip around Europe 
you know? He had, like, four of those throughout the Mediterranean Sea um, and slightly beyond, just sharing the gospel. Um, And, like, I would argue, like, he probably traveled more than, like, 90% of people would have traveled in this day and age. Like, he went all the way from, like, over by Arabia all the way to Rome. And that's not, like, a small journey to do without, like effective modes of travel so kind of cool he just like just was able to impact so many people I mean every major city that you could think of in from Arabia through the Asian minor up through Macedonia Greece Italy like literally everywhere several different islands um and man was on a roll for a really long time just like impacting people to the point to where like some of the people and he he writes about this in his letters as well but some of the, he actually there was actually a reading just the other I think it was on Sunday maybe about the divisions in the church how like people are saying that he is God and other people are saying this person's God but like he has such an impact that people literally thought that he was the Messiah and he had to keep on reminding them like guys I'm not the Messiah I just really believe in him and so like it's just insane yes, that, to see that was the this impact past that he weekend. had yeah so, listen to your readings, people. Um, but, unfortunately, that all came to a close when he died. But, like, not actually to a close, because he wrote all these letters that still live on today. But, like, so he's captured, like, a couple times, goes to prison, you know, hides on islands sometimes. Man, man just had a time with, with the government. Because, you know, sometimes the Roman government didn't really like it when people were Roman and then, you know, turned their back on them and started doing the opposite of what they wanted them to do. So he was hated by a lot of people, but also loved by a lot of people. Um, And fun fact, they don't actually know all the details of his death, which I think is actually really interesting because when you think about it, the only, like, the people, when you think about how influential Paul was, it was, like, through his writings. So, like, if he wasn't writing about his own death, like, he he couldn't write about his own death. Thus, we don't have a lot of details. Does that make sense? I don't think that makes sense. But in my head, I was like, yeah. well, yeah, because the person who would write about his death would be him, but he's dead. So, like, R.I.P. But um, <laughs> we don't have all the details, but it's believed for sure that he was martyred. Um, and... A lot of people, it's commonly believed that he was beheaded by Rome um, in the persecution of Christians by Rome, um, which is just so interesting of, like, how what he did before he had his conversion is actually the way that he died, um, supposedly. We don't know that for sure. But kind of just powerful, that that whole turnaround. But, um, yeah. St. Paul's a pretty cool dude, um, and today, January 25th, is a great day to lift up all the people in your life um, and pray for their conversions, but also to thank God for encountering you and converge, converting you. Whether you are a cradle Catholic or not, you've had a deep encounter with Christ in some way, um, if you are still strong in your faith, you've encountered Christ, I'm sure. So being grateful for those times and those many conversions that we have, but then also praying and lifting up in prayer the people who 
we know that Christ desires and haven't encountered him yet. Um, but yeah, St. Paul, pretty cool guy. Yeah, for sure. Foxy, you might also say, cool his name means about St. Paul, not really about him himself, but uh, him and St. Peter are like two weird feasts of the church because rather than <laughs> having like the feast of St. Paul and then like later in the year, the feast of St. Peter, we have the feast of St. Peter and Paul together. We have the Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul, and we have the Feast of the Chair of St. Peter. Um, so, like, I don't know. That's kind of crazy. That is very interesting. I wonder Which why it is that way. Actually, last year, I believe, we recorded an episode on the... Uh, it was one of, one of last season's episode about the seminary application, and we recorded it mm. on the feast of the chair of St. Peter, and we released it on the the feast of Peter and Paul. Um, so Peter and Paul, two core guys of the church, and um, obviously for converts, Paul is a huge inspiration, as Emma mentioned. So, um, yeah, doesn't matter your past yeah. sins. Um, you could have killed somebody and you can still become yeah. one of the greatest saints of the church. So in fact, God might use that, you know? So, yeah. And he's pretty cool. Like ma that. Maybe he didn't travel as far as we do today. Like Rome to, uh, to Damascus Oklahoma. is two thirds the length of New York to San Francisco. So like, it's not super far by today's standards, but by, the standards in the day, again, like Emma said, nobody traveled that much. Like, you weren't going to walk for that many days. If someone walks two-thirds of the difference from New York to San Francisco preaching the gospel, you deserve to become a saint. <laughs> yeah, I would probably Arguably, agree. unless you are a terrible person. But, like, that, like, even right, thinking about that Right, but if you were a terrible today, person beforehand and then, like, you go yeah. and do that for the rest of your life, like, you know, yeah. no wonder he's a saint, right? Yeah, no. You look at his life and you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, you're insane. Like, could you imagine? I imagine that it probably was so hard for the apostles to, like, I mean, they go through the process of Jesus dying and then go through the process of, you know, figuring out that, like, Judas, like, you know, betrayed Christ and betrayed them. Um, and then looking like, okay, we need someone. But, like, how hard that must have been because the apostles had a very unique burden of knowing who the Messiah was and knowing Christ and knowing things about him before a lot of people did. I mean, Jesus worked miracles and experienced things in front of the apostles and said, do not tell anyone yet, you know, wait. And so like they had to bear this unique cross of like knowing before everyone else. And then to have a guy come along who like was living a life of sin and like terrible actions and stuff against their own people, like against them, like Paul persecuted the apostles before he became one, you know, like, and so it was just like, it's kind of insane to think about, you know, like the apostles must have had some type of amazing grace to like accept him and love him in the way that they did. But like, God still called him, like God calls all of us, no matter what we've done. And just like how incredibly awesome that is. But then also as people who know the truth of Christ, like to also be willing to accept people 
you know, wherever they're at, because that's what the apostles did. You know, they just trusted that the Lord had a plan and that like this guy was here for a reason. And he turns out to write more books than they did, you know, like just kind of insane, but that's my spiel. Yeah. I, I wonder if like there's been stuff done on like Peter as the anti Judas, if that makes sense, you know? Like, Wait, you mean Saul as the anti, or Paul as the anti Judas, or Peter? Yeah, Paul. Um, okay, I was like, why would Peter be? Yeah, the Paul as the anti Judas, because like, you know, they they had basically opposite lives. Like, yeah, they one they had were, a good life, and then right, one had yeah. a good life, and then gave it up for himself, and then one had a life of of death and destruction, and then gave it up to Christ. So, you know. I don't know. That's kind of crazy. That's powerful stuff, guys. But that's also all the time we have for today. So I guess you'll have to come back next episode to talk about you what will. is a diocesan merger. That'll be a fun episode. Dude, that will be fascinating. And I will tell you what. Like, guys, when I tell you that the knowledge of this podcast that seems so irrelevant to daily conversations actually comes in handy sometimes, like... I have had two conversations with people and literally I was like, I don't have time to fully explain this right now, but if you go to this episode, Chris explains it really well. And it's about like the process of seminary and the differences and stuff. And like, you know, you'll never know when you'll need some information about a diocesan merger, you know, because honestly it's happening more frequently than we think right now. It's probably going to become pretty commonplace over the United States. So, uh. I can't tell if it's sad or good or bad, but we'll figure it out next week. So come back next week and we'll talk some more about that. Um, Today we talked about St. Paul and his conversion story and how unique and inspiring it is. Um, Next week we'll be talking about diocesan mergers. That is the duality of this show. So that's all from Returning to Tradition, over and out. Thank you for the slap. That was beautiful. I always feel like it's a good way for you to understand the world. Also, the snow is insane right now. Like, it's been coming down for four hours straight. And it's not, it's not above freezing. That's the insane part of this. It's 34 degrees. It's about to be 36 degrees and it's still going to be snowing. Did you just flush a toilet? I am always at risk of peeing my pants, so I need to be within 100 feet or 10 feet of a toilet at all times. Dude, I have peed my pants so many times the last year.